yeah, I can't wait for them to go like five and twelve. But for now, um, I'm gonna look at the whole roster and be like, wow, this is great. And then I'm gonna let Teddy Bridgewater be like, yes, but Matt, I'm Teddy Bridgewater. So- hello, hello, and welcome to the Pick and Play Show. Where here it is, Leo. We're going to be breaking down week fucking one of the NFL season upcoming. Talk about betting. Uh, we're going to do another four and out segment. We'll sprinkle in some fantasy football talk, but this is all about getting to it, dissecting these games, winning some money, taking it all in. And let's rock and roll. Conductor, conductor, conductor. Leo, week one, we made it. How'd we do it? Man, finally, finally. I'm tired of reading articles. I'm tired of watching little cut-up clips on Twitter. I'm tired of reading bad predictions. I'm ready for real football. I'm ready. My body's ready. Okay, so let's let's fire in here with this. What is, give me your two dark horse takes on the year. Give me your two, like, that, uh, that you know, I'm not saying you're most outlandish. That can't happen. Give me your your two most reasonable takes. Tom Brady is going to be the MVP this year, and the Titans will be in the Super Bowl. Those are the two hottest ones I have. Tom Brady MVP may, might not sound that hot, but my man is 40 some years old. Was he 45 now? 44. Yeah, it definitely be the oldest MVP ever. I predicted Josh Allen to win the MVP, and if I had to put like real money on it, that's who I would probably put my money on but yeah my spicy dark horse is that it's tom's year tom's year interesting last year apparently played with a whole mcl tear and of course you're going with your boys the titans um for me my two dark horses are that cleveland wins the north i think they have an insanely talented oh. roster and if injuries befell the other two teams i think you could see cleveland winning the north and I could see the Denver Broncos in the playoffs. Those are the two pieces that I've got where I say, you know, super spicy, nope, but they think they're both in the land of possibility. You've been on that Broncos wagon. You've been riding that one for a couple months now. Yeah, I can't wait for them to go like 5-12, and 12, but for now, um, I'm going to look at the whole roster and be like, wow, this is great, and then I'm going to let Teddy Bridgewater be like, yes, but Matt, I'm Teddy Bridgewater. So, I'm going to wait for that piece. But I I am I like it. They play in a tough division. I think they're good. I don't so, see – personally, I don't see a world where the Broncos make the playoffs. But I guess that's why we make these predictions and takes at the beginning of the year, right? So we can go back and either laugh or pat ourselves on the back. Pat ourselves on the back. And, you know, they're nothing too, too sinister. Okay. So I'm going to throw a set of questions out here for you. A little four and out? Uh, and Is it four and out, Tom? Yeah, a little four and out. A little four and out. Let's jump into it. Get, get the juices flowing a little bit. So I'm going to give you four questions here. And you can kind of – as and they're, and then these are going to be a little more off the wall. Not not crazy, but so to speak, I would say players we don't really talk about and scenarios we don't talk about. Um, so let me start off here. Which one of these three players is going to have the best year? Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, or Joe Burrow? Oh, fuck not you. Not wins-losses statistically. 
I'm going to go with Kirk Cousins as number one statistically just because he has Justin Jefferson, he has Adam Thielen, he has Dalvin Cook. In theory, he should be able to put up big numbers, and that's really what he's done in his time in Minnesota. It doesn't translate to wins and losses, and I don't expect it to this year. But for stats, for fantasy relevancy, you know, just straight numbers, give me Kirk. Okay. Which one of these three quarterbacks that are either in their second year or have been middling around a little bit has the biggest potential for a breakout year? Daniel Jones, Tua Tungavailoa, or Sam Darnold? Smart money probably says Sam Darnold because he had, you know, Gase effect. We've, we've spoken about Gase effect at nauseum this offseason. And so, I mean, if we believe in Gase effect, then smart money would say Sam Darnold is now going to be a decent, decent quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. But I'm going to go with Tua. I'm going to go with Tua because I just like Miami. I know a lot of people are cooling on them, starting to sour on them a little bit. But I like what they're doing over there. Uh, Apparently this season, this system is supposed to be a little more tailor-made to his skill set. So I guess we'll see. I don't really have any eggs in that basket. So, you know, I don't really care if it doesn't work out. But Tua is the guy that I'm going to go with. Who has a better statistical year, Ryan Fitzpatrick or the man who he replaced for part of a year? Jameis Winston. Fuck. That's a good one. Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston doesn't have the weapons. weapons? He doesn't have the weapons, but, I mean, Sean Payton's, he has a history of cooking stuff up with nobody, so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt for now before we've actually seen anything. I'm going to say Jameis Winston finds a way to be relevant this season. Okay. I don't think I'm as right. heavy on the the Washington bandwagon as other people, and I thought that I was. Yeah. I thought I was one of the leaders of the bandwagon. You know, I thought that this team was going to be a playoff team. I still kind of think that, but I kind of feel like people are overrating Fitzpatrick a little bit at this point. Like it swung in the wrong direction. Uh, I'm gonna pick that point up. I agree with you. I liked Washington to win their division at like 10 and 7, which 10 and 7 isn't really, you know, three more wins and losses. That's where I like them. People are acting like this is going to be a really, really good team, and I'm not really behind that. Like, I think this team can can go 9 and 8 and win the division and be scrappy, but it is weird hearing, like, people are now jumping on bandwagons to the point that I'm like, get the fuck away from it, but... Um, all right. Yeah, I don't like it that much. I mean, I like them, like you say, I like them to win the division with like a 10 and 7 record, maybe win a playoff game, but I don't see anything beyond that. And I, I'm starting to hear, hear people talk about Fitzpatrick like he's Aaron Rodgers or something. Who, what quarterback combination, or I should phrase it this way How many starts will these two quarterbacks combine for? Andy Dalton and Jimmy Garoppolo. Ooh, too many. Too many. <laughs> too many is my answer. Too many. <laughs> too many. Uh, too if many, I got to put okay. a number on it, I'm going to say combined they start nine games. Okay. I, I had thought around eight, so that's we're on the same wavelength there. But that's too many. All right. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think Trey Lance is quite ready, and I think Justin Fields is, and they're literally going to let Andy Dalton get eaten by dogs for a little while. That's fine. I'm fine with it. If they want to let Andy Dalton get beat up by Aaron Donald and shit week one, you know, I've seen that argument a little bit. You don't want to throw fields out there against Aaron Donald. Personally, I would want to throw him out there because I want to see what I got, but I get not wanting to get your quarterback his ass beat week one. Although I think it makes more sense to throw the mobile guy out there, but I'm not an NFL coach. 
<laughs> All right, so now we're going to take a turn, and we're getting into the nitty-gritty. There are a couple games this week that we're going to take a walk through, do a little breakdown of them, talk about the spread, see, see kind of the world through our eyes. And that starts with this. Nirvana, tomorrow, 8.20 p.m., Thursday night football finally. kicks off. Fucking finally. Cowboys, Buccaneers. What's your thought on this game? I have so many fantasy players between these two teams that I'm going to be rooting for both of them heavily. <laughs> no matter who has the ball, I'm going to be looking at the TV like, yeah, go team. <laughs> that, that's my yeah. biggest takeaway. I hope this is a shootout, but I kind of I, – can't you, can't you feel a little like – 20 to 13 coming i feel like it's going to be the opening day and we're not going to get the shootout that everyone's hoping for i look i think i'm already on tampa bay i had tampa bay at seven they got seven and a half they're at eight now i've been on tampa bay uh i'm here's my perspective the dallas cowboys are moving in the wrong direction against tampa bay here there looks like zach martin their guard is going to be out uh, he has COVID. He could be eligible to play that morning of, and Jerry Jones says they will fly him out. Uh, that's still an upgrade because Nadamkin Sue just came off of the COVID list, so he will be ready by game time. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 100% healthy and ready to go in this game. So I think Chris Godwin has an injury. I'm not sure if he's going to yeah. miss the game or not, but even if he does, I think that just means more targets for AB, which I like. Here's the thing. I don't even consider Godwin. If you're like, oh, Godwin's out. It's like, I'm, I consider that I do not care. Like, I do <laughs> not care. Like, uh, it, the, the Cowboys defense is not going to be ready. Tampa Bay started gelling towards the end of last year, rode that into a Super Bowl. I think you're right. This could be a little lower scoring than people imagine. I believe that Tampa Bay's defensive line is going to be able to neutralize the Cowboys once they get into a groove. Um, I don't think they're going to give Zach the time. I don't think Dak's going to be super comfortable on that ankle. I think that that's this is first game back and really playing at all with that ankle. I think that's a big deal. So I'm I'm actually leaning towards. I love Tampa Bay minus seven. Uh, I can see the Cowboys keeping it close uh, in terms of their scoring late. Like they come back, it's a 31-7 game, and they they push it all the way up to like 21-31. Um, but I think Tampa Bay runs away with this. I don't know how Dallas is going to stop them offensively, and I, I, I just I don't see how the Cowboys are going to get a whole lot going against that Tampa Bay defense. Right, I'm with you. I like the Cowboys offense in a season-long outlook, but for just week one, I'm not that excited about them just because of what you're saying with Dak Prescott. Not only did he miss most of this training camp with a shoulder and his foot thing, but going all the way back to last year, he didn't play that much last season either. So now it's we're coming on a long time since Dak's played long, consistent football. And so I like him over the course of the season, but I could see week one not going the way you would imagine the season to go. Yeah, and, and after our Thursday game, you we we really get into a deep deep slate so you got tampa bay winning i've got tampa bay winning now again i'm with you on the the dallas cowboys front man i really think they could turn something around later in the year i just think it's a real rough fucking draw for them week one they got to start a little early this is a team that could use all the time that you know they could get tampa returns like all 22 starters so to be honest with you no matter who you would have said as tampa's opponent in week one i would have picked tampa so this isn't an indictment on dallas i just like tampa better than everyone i agree with you i mean uh one of the bets i took was tampa bay to give up the least amount of points in the nfl i think that i think they're gonna have a real shot at that especially in the division they're in uh we take a walk now through sunday so we get our thursday taste 
we dip our toes and then Sunday we take a plunge and my 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 are there some delicious matchups uh Sunday is gonna start with your boys Arizona Tennessee in Tennessee take us through what you're looking for here you gonna play any defense probably not but that's actually what I'm looking for. That's that's the one thing I want okay. to highlight. I'm not worried about the Titans offense. I don't care that Arthur Smith went to Atlanta, although I like Arthur Smith. It, people act like he was some kind of savant, some kind of wizard, you know, yeah, like he, yeah. he, he just put together this magical potion and the Titans got better. Like he was definitely a good coach, but Tannehill subbing in for Mariota was the real secret sauce there. I think that I think that the defense is going to be what you need to watch in Tennessee. Like I said, the offense should be fine. Uh, the defense, they're going to get tested early with Kyler Murray, with DeAndre Hopkins, Chase Edmonds, James Conner, A.J. Green, Rondell Moore. Like the, the Arizona Cardinals can put points on you. And this defense was ass water last year. One of the worst defenses I've ever yeah. seen in my life. And I was watching this team when they were going 2-14. and 14. So... Yeah, the, the defensive side of the ball is exactly what you're going to have to watch. And I think that's true for both teams. Arizona's supposed to have an improved defense this year. The Titans thought they finally got away from J.J. Watt. And week one, here he is again. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a really funny little storyline. He's once again playing the Titans. Right. So I don't feel great about that. J.J. Watt's had a nice little career against the Titans. And Boogeyman's back week one. Uh, I have the Titans winning the game, but I'm... The defense is what I'm concerned about. If we could play decent defense, this is going to be a great team. And if this defense is one of the worst in the league again, it's all going to be for naught. I I think this game is going to go towards the over, and I like Tennessee to win this game. I really – I'm interested to see how both these teams look offensively. I really want to see what both these teams can hold together defensively. Um, but I really want to see the offensive firepower. Over 52, this was 51 when it opened, so it's moved up. It, I do have a parlay with this, uh, the over at 51 in Tampa Bay um, at 7. So all my parlays, everything I've touched this year has moved in the right direction. So either I'm ahead of the game or I'm the world's biggest sucker. Uh, I'm just the first idiot in line. You know, it's one of those two. What's so the spread on we'll Tennessee, Arizona? Plus three. Plus three. Arizona getting three. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if this turns into a shootout, I like the Titans just because they have more bullets in their chamber. Um, yep. So, yeah, yeah, I like Titans with the money line. I like them with the spread. I like them however you want to take them. Yep. Um, next game, we have the exact opposite of something we're looking forward to because of the good in it. Uh, I wanted to stop briefly and talk about the shit face that's going to go on in Houston. Uh, Jacksonville is going to take a trip over there and play in Houston. Not to be... Not to be confused because New Orleans is playing a game in Jacksonville, but Jacksonville's playing a game in Houston. and uh, That made Houston, my head hurt just listening to it. Yeah, uh, New Orleans is playing temporarily in Jacksonville this week because uh, the rumor is that New Orleans uh, wanted to play in the warmer temperature because Aaron Rodgers doesn't do well in the Florida heat. So we'll see how that goes. Green Bay to... Florida, it is early in the year, so who knows. But that is the rumor. Um, so maybe that gives them an advantage. So they're playing in Jacksonville Stadium. But I digress. Jacksonville Jaguars, Houston Texans, they are also kicking off at 1 o'clock. So while you get to watch one game that will be primarily dominated on red zone, on the other side of the house, you will get to watch a game that won't go on red zone. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, Houston Texans, I think this is a battle of two probably bad, bad teams. 
I have no idea how Houston wins a game. Houston is getting three and a half. Houston's not favored in a game this year. So what do you, you, you know both of these little shit stains really well. What do you think of them? I think that on Monday morning, we're going to wake up to all kinds of headlines on ESPN saying, Trevor Lawrence, the real deal? Trevor Lawrence shreds defense in week one. <laughs> Trevor yeah. Lawrence looks like a young Andrew Luck. We're going to get all those kinds of things on Monday morning because I think the Jags are probably going to hang 35 on them. They, I don't think the Texans want to win. They traded one of their best corners today for nothing to New Orleans or for draft picks, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's not going to help you on the field this year. So I don't think they're invested in winning at all. And so I think that means that we're going to see a huge Trevor Lawrence debut, probably like 312 yards, three touchdowns, something like that. I think that, that it's going to be the ales for all those preseason woes. We'll see. Honestly, this is um, this is a big, big thing for Houston to not be incompetent. If Houston comes out and gets beat like 25-13, it's going to be a fucking tragic year for them. Um, I, really, I really am just shocked that these two teams are, are even going to be able to suit up and play. That is going to be an unwatched game, but... Uh, let's move on to something with a bright future. The Washington football team, the Los Angeles Chargers, they're going to get tangled in a tizzy in Washington. And I think an underrated matchup. The spread right now is Los Angeles Chargers minus one. Washington football team's getting a point over under 44 and a half. I like the Chargers' potential. I like the Washington football team's potential. I think if you could merge these teams together, you'd get the best team in the NFL. Unfortunately, they do have their gaps. Um, and I had thought that uh, the Chargers could maybe push Kansas City for the division. I really don't think that's possible the more I'm getting into it. So I'm backing off that a little bit. They just have some holes that I don't know if they're going to be able to sure up in their secondary in time. But this is an intriguing game with a lot of good units from Justin Herbert to Chase Young uh, and a little Fitz magic or Fitz tragic. Uh, what are you expecting? This is the battle of the hype trains, right? I mean, this is the AFC yes. hype yeah. train versus yeah. the NFC hype train. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really Just know what's going to happen, other. but I know we're going to have some answers to which side of that hype train is better, at least after week one. Uh, if I had to make a prediction, I think I'm going to go with the Chargers just because I think that their defense is also going to be good. Like we talk about Washington's defense and it being an elite unit, and that's true. But the Chargers are finally healthy. They're finally healthy going into the season, so we're finally going to see what they look like on defense at full strength, and I think we're going to like what we see. Uh, I'm going to go with the Chargers. What's that spread? Minus one. Minus oh, one. Oh, the Chargers are going to get a point. Get a point. Yeah, I like the Chargers here. This yeah. is in Washington? Okay. Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, give me the Chargers. Well, I think that – I, I his, I'll tell you this, this. I've got too much emotionally invested in these two teams. I've got Herbert as an MVP. I've got Washington to win their division. This is a game I'm not going to bet on. I would take the over 44.5 if I were taking a bet. I think that's pretty fucking low. 23-24 makes you a winner. I don't think so, I'm going to bet on this game, if I'm being honest, but yeah. it will be on my TV. 100% this game will be on on Sunday. I'm going to be honest. I actually really like this over. 44 and a half, the more I'm – like, I'm thinking about it right now. Even if the team – like – in the NFL today, if you're less than like 31-27, people consider it like a lower scoring game. Like 24-23 is a winner. 24-21 is a winner. Three 
six total touchdowns i don't know something i'm going to take a look at let's skip forward uh if we don't mention the team you're looking for it's probably because there's not a whole lot to talk about in that game uh revenge game though little bit to talk about here the new york jets travel all the way down to the panthers and sam darnold minus adam gaze he's gonna get a shot revenge against his old team uh the new york jets are getting five and a half so sam darnold is favorited which you know rarity during the entire span of his career again over 44 and a half thoughts on carolina new york jets this game 100 percent will not touch my screen unless i'm forced like <laughs> unless they do the breakaway you know hey jim nance with the update and yeah. the jets have scored that's the only way that that game is going to be on my tv i think that sam darnold probably wants to come out and light the jets on fire and for that reason i'll go with the panthers that i really don't have any great analysis for this i have no interest in this game at all uh, but i am interested to see what zach wilson's up to so i'll probably catch the highlights see what zach wilson did but i am not invested in this game in any way shape or form good luck to sam darnold though you know that he's been salivating all offseason just for week one i i really don't even know what to make of this like I think that the Jets' back end of their defense is going to be absolutely porous and unable to stop anybody. I think the Jets have, like, a really good half of a line on both sides. I think they'll put up some points. I think this could actually be a weird game that ends up on your red zone a lot where it's this back-and-forth game. It could also be like, I mean, if I told you the final score of this game was 17-13, you'd be like, yes. But if I also told you it was like 34-27, I think you'd also be like, okay, so it was just, you know, both these teams are sloppy yeah you could say like, whatever uh, score i'd probably if you told me six to three i'd be like okay <laughs> okay yeah that sounds right i you know both those teams are going to be bad but um i i personally me i like the jets getting five and a half i like the over 44 and a half um last year i made a lot of money betting overs early before the nfl kind of called on i think that isn't a one-year trend i think the overs are going to be easy to get again 44 44 and a half is just not many points. I just um, feel like Carolina's better on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I do too. Which, you know, I but I don't think that they're like, okay, um, you know, I okay, but they're gonna stop completely like uh the Jets. Like the only thing the Jets do have is a little bit of an offense. They don't really have a defense. But I like I, I don't know. I think that Sam Darnold will throw poopy picks. Like, I think that there'll be points off turnovers. This game's going to be a little sloppy. I think the score is going to get up there. You know, also last year, the average team scored 24.7 points in a game. Uh, when you look at that and you say, okay, so this game should be around 49, they're basically saying it's it's five, six points less than that. I don't think either one of these teams have the defense to say that this game shouldn't hit the over. They both have offenses that I think are going to put points up, at least with some semblances of weapons, not like A-plus weapons, but... You know, that's just where I think. That's just where I'm at. Okay, so... Am I off base there? No, I think you're right. And before we move on to the next game, I've got a Jets question for you here. So, Zach Wilson, well-documented how you feel about him. But what do you think the narrative is going to be around Zach Wilson? What are we going to be saying in relation to Zach Wilson after the season? I just want you to plant your flag in the ground right now. Uh, I think we're going to say we need another year. That is entirely what everyone's going to say. Everyone's going to say... Um, 
you know, we're, we're not really sure what we saw. There was some good. There was some bad. The team around him wasn't very good. There was no defense, so he didn't really get a running game. They weren't able to keep things balanced. Salah is a first-year co- uh, coordinator. I don't think any first-year coordinator really comes in and, 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 and they can, but the average doesn't turn everything around magically. So I think this team really had its cupboards bare. It has lost a lot of players due to injury. It has gotten some players back on defense like C.J. Mosley, um, but – I think for the most part, this is going to be a team that you can't evaluate. To. You're going to see enough good in Zach Wilson to be excited. You're going to see some bad, and you're going to wonder, is that who he is, or is it because he was pressing, or the team around him wasn't as good as it needs to be? I really think he is going to get a question mark as this year ends. Where other other quarterbacks, we're going to get a definitive answer. Zach Wilson's going to get a pretty strong question mark. Okay, that's fair. So... Uh, tripping on down here uh we're gonna skip the game between the birds and we're gonna park right into a big game last year the pittsburgh steelers and the buffalo bill this was when the pittsburgh steelers started to go down their train um they got injured the team fell apart they were 11 and 0 they finished the season what i think they go 11 and 5 12 and 4 it just wasn't a good end pittsburgh's getting six and a half against buffalo the over is 48 and a half uh, big news here, my sack leader for the year, fucking TJ Watt, 8-1, to one, has not reported because he wants a new contract. He could miss the game. Yikes, I didn't even know. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big thing. And real quick, while everyone's, while everyone's here, uh, keep looking at injuries. You, you, you don't realize how many people are out, how many linemen are out, uh, and it's, it's just very, very, very troubling. Some left tackles are out for the year, so they're not even showing. Or, like, if you lost a lineman for the year, they're not going to show on your depth chart. They're going to be moved down the depth chart because they're out for the year. But go look to see how many of those people actually started and were planning to be the starter. So some teams are going to start the year with their backup, like Indianapolis, and that's where we need to kind of get some control. Oh, well, you need to get some control of what's going on. What are you looking for? It may Whatever team they trot out there week one may not have all their starters in it, but because of the way the depth chart looks, they're not going to call them out because the injuries haven't happened during the season. So take a little deep dive in there. But Pittsburgh's mostly healthy. Buffalo's healthy. It's a big matchup. Yeah, it's probably the marquee matchup of the week, right? That's got to be week one's most anticipated matchup, I think. I've got one, but, you know, I'm a sick, sick, sicko. Oh, we'll, we'll, get to <laughs> we'll get to that later. But this matchup is the one I'm most excited to watch other than the Titans matchup, and that's just because these are two teams that theoretically you could see in a playoff matchup. And that's exactly, I mean, that's exactly what we're anticipating, right? We're anticipating a, a big matchup between Big Ben and Josh Allen. Both of these teams score the ball. Uh, the Bills got a good defense, but I think Pittsburgh's defense historically has been decent. So maybe this is going to be one of those that isn't as high scoring as we would like to think it's going to be. But I think it's going to be a close game. Both of these teams are good. I know that you got Pittsburgh ranked a little lower on your list than I probably do. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to have to show me that they fell off before I'm going to say that they fell off. So this game is one that I have circled personally. It's definitely going to be on my TV, and I can't wait to watch it. I'm hoping that we get a shootout, but I don't think that that's what's going to happen at all. I could easily see like a 24-17 to 17 kind of finish. 
I would love to see something like that. A nice little slugfest I think would be great for this game. I'm going to tell you what. If I don't parlay 10 overs this weekend, I don't even know what, you know, I don't even know who I who I am anymore, but I'm going to end up loving too many of these fucking overs and torching myself. I can just I can just feel it. It feels great. Um I'm ready. I'm ready to throw money into the wind. And I'm look I haven't I haven't seen an over that I haven't liked and I'm looking at the Steelers Bills game going 48. I don't know. So it's the best these off. I, I, I'm just I'm, I don't know what it is. I think these offenses are all going to put up points. What I'm sitting here thinking about while we're previewing all these matchups is last year in comparison to this year. So last year they didn't have training camp. They couldn't really practice leading to leading into the year. And maybe the defenses suffered because of that. But who do you think benefits more from not being able to meet? Because that's who's going to benefit more from being able to have that continuity and all the training camp and all of that this offseason. You think that plays a factor at all? Am I overthinking that? No, last year that was a big thing. I mean, I, I won a bunch of easy bets because I took a bunch of overs easier earlier and they caught up. I just think that that also is the reason why that the offense uh, needs less time is the same reason that they'll be hotter in the beginning of the year. So, you know, now's the time, even with the offseason, the defense definitely benefited more from the offseason time in terms of playing better. Uh, in terms of what will like work more in the favor of the over, um, it's it's obviously the defense taking a back seat, and not being able to gel because a lot of defensive calls are are fits when it comes to up front. You know, depending on what the offense is doing, you fit certain ways to the gaps, uh, and then coverage bases, which which you you need a lot. You see the secondary yelling at themselves at times because they get coverages wrong. That all gets cleared up. I just still think that even train the training camp they get isn't a ton, and we didn't get four preseason games. We got three, and with COVID, there was a lot of, re- of restrictions on practices, and I think that that alone is going to drive enough for offenses to peak ahead early on. Plus, when you look around the league, like except J.K. Dobbins, what marquee offensive players got hurt? Like, they're all ready to go. There are some quarterbacks who sat, um, but uh, but their one's not coming off injury. So I really look at this as I think the offenses, again, will come out hot. I think a lot of defenses need time to gel, especially in this Pittsburgh game. If they don't have T.J. Watt, they're going to get smoked. So uh, I, I think those are all real important things. And I think offenses are just ahead to start the year, much like in pitching and catching how – uh, batters seem to get there a little early and then pitchers can catch up. I, I, I mean, pitchers are ahead and then batters catch up as they, the summer gets warmer. Uh, I think we might see something similar where offenses are hot during the heat and then as things cool down, defenses set in. Yeah, overs are more exciting to bet anyway. So, I mean, regardless of the training camp and the preparation and yada yada, I would probably lean that way just because it's more fun. I don't want to yeah, be cheering so- for a two-score game. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think it's going to be like that, but I think it's going to be. I think there's going to be a lot of red zone here, and I think they're going to have a lot of points. Okay, let's slide down here. Four twenty-five, first matchup of the four twenty-five slot, and I think this is going to be the best game of the weekend. I think the Cleveland Browns and the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be an absolute remarkable 
high scoring 31 28 maybe 30 plus points by the winning team 30 34 or more by the winning team i think this is going to be insane okay you're right that is the uh, real marquee matchup of the week <laughs> it's it's yeah. not bill steelers it's definitely chiefs browns the w- this is a playoff rematch the way people are talking this is an afc championship preview and so I think it's going to be interesting to see where both of them stand week one. I'm not as high on Cleveland as most people are. Definitely think Cleveland will be a playoff team. I just don't have them damn near in the Super Bowl like it sounds like a lot of people do have them now. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting. Can Cleveland match the firepower that Kansas City's coming with? I mean, Odell's back. There's a lot of narrative about uh, Baker being better without Odell, and I think the numbers actually kind of back that narrative up, but I'm kind of curious to see what Odell's got left in the tank, and we're going to find out immediately because they're going to need to score 30-plus if they want to compete with Kansas City. I don't care how good that defensive line is. Mahomes is putting up three or four touchdowns on Sunday. I think so too. I think this is. I just think the Cleveland offensive line is going to cause some turnovers. I don't think Kansas City is going to be able to run the ball at all, and they're going to abandon it early. I think this game is going to turn towards the air. I think Cleveland can match up with them. I think Cleveland offensively is going to get whatever they want as they want it. Really? I think they are going to get whatever they want, and I think Kansas City is going to struggle to. I think Kansas City is going to be the one having to keep up. I I, I find it tough. Cleveland is a perfectly balanced team. This is Baker Mayfield in not prime time. It's kind of like that Andy Dalton factor where he plays better when not in prime time. So, um, I mean, I like Baker. I, really, I mean, I like Baker over the season, but I just I don't know. I don't see it the same way going into Week One. Uh, I think Kansas yeah. City's got it. They, Kansas City's going to come out with a little fuck you. You know, they probably got a little bad taste in their mouth from the Super Bowl. Still, I just see them coming out and trying to hang thirty-five. I think they're gonna. I like I. I I think they're going to try to. I think that the, you're going to see a lot of wrinkles. Andy Reid, I think, is like 16-0 and 0 in the last four years or something like that in September. So this is someone who does not lose often or ever early and has his team prepared. I think Kevin Stefanski is going to have his team prepared as well. The Browns are really, really healthy going into this game, and they've got talent at all, just, just about every level. Their secondary is okay. I think that's where it's going to fall apart for them, and Kansas City is going to look to take advantage of that. But I think Cleveland's going to be able to keep punches up. I, I don't think this is a game where Kansas City just runs away with it i think this is a game that they get punches up also if this game comes out kansas city gets the ball first goes seven nothing baker mayfield turns around throws throws a pick and it's 14 nothing i totally see that too i mean like that can be the end of the ball game in five fucking minutes that's baker mayfield could fuck this over i know exactly who that fucking guy is i think that he'll be uh, they'll they'll neuter him just enough to keep them uh, from losing games, uh, and he'll be someone. It's like a better Kirk Cousins. I think that's where he he'll be best, where he'll be used this year. Uh, and I think all of that with Kevin Savancy's play calling can, can lead to a win for the uh, for the Browns. I just I do agree with you. I think Kansas City's going to kind of have their way in terms of point scoring. Um, I'm looking for Cleveland's offense, uh, defense to create some opportunities and turnovers, and I really think Cleveland's offense is going to have their way on Sunday. Mm. Yeah, we're going to have to disagree on this one. I think I'm closer to the second scenario that you mentioned where Baker down 7-0 makes the mistake, they go 14-0, and then the game is kind of close but not all the way, you know, like it gets to 14-10 and then it's 21-10. And then it's 24-17, and then it's 35. You know, I see it. The score might not say that it's out of hand, but I see Kansas City controlling the game from start to finish and getting the dub. Yeah. 
I, I, Both of these teams know I'm, that this is probably a playoff preview. Even though it's week one, I know yes, that you can only yep, do so much yep. in week one, but I just see Kansas City coming out and showing that they're the true contender. Uh, don't disagree with you. I'm going to go Cleveland. Uh, I actually did a wins league recently. I'll talk about the end. Did I, uh, do you know what the wins league is? No, I don't. What's that? Okay, I'll, I'll dive into it. We'll save a little bit of a teaser as we get through this. Um, next game, 425, that I think has some juice to it. Tua Tungavailoa, Mac Jones, Ooh. Alabama starters. I like this one. Here they are. I'm really excited for this one. I think this is a hot game to watch. Hot to trot. 425, we get th- There's only four games at 425. Two of them are too hot to trot. Cleveland, Kansas City, uh, Miami, and New England. Uh, there is the Packers, Saints, and Broncos Giants in there I thought just not the fire that this is this is hot I'm super excited to watch this one it might not be that relevant in that well actually you have you have the Pats winning the division so this one's super relevant for you yeah uh I'm not that invested in this game but I am very curious to see what Mac Jones looks like and it's a big year for Tua uh, we got mixed reviews, I would say, all offseason. We got some reports that he was yeah. trash. We got some reports that he was laying the world on fire. So we're going to find out which one of them is true pretty quickly here because his matchup against the Patriots, that's no slouch. You know Bill Belichick's going to have that defense ready. And I'm sure that he he already has the, the plan to fuck with Tua's head uh, set in stone today. It's only Wednesday. I'm sure he already knows exactly what he's going to do to Tua. Uh, I'm really excited to watch this game for someone who has nothing invested. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited as well. I think that New England, I have them as challenging for that division. I still feel real bullish on them. I like what they're going to I they can get out of Mac Jones. I really like their defense. I think the defense is going to be really stout and tough to deal with i think from Tua, that is a fucking tragic week one uh but brian flores is no joke and he is going to put something together for mac jones as well so this is one of those games as seen by the over under which is 43 that i could see keeping low new england patriots are going to run the ball and run out of tight end sets and throw out of tight end sets a lot of play action a lot of student body left throw the ball across this is going to be a well-fed day for the wide receivers in terms of this is a game where I could see like Mac Jones going 24 for like 34, like a pretty efficient game, 250 yards uh, and, and two touchdowns. And then uh, Harris has 100 yards and a touchdown. Like that's how they run this game out. So I'm excited. Like this is one of my marquee games. I think I'm super excited about the way this turns out. I'm super excited about uh, how they're going to uh, match up because this is big, big, big for the season. I know that this is a division game, but – Whichever team wins this game will be in the catbird seat for kind of that either wild card or division. The other one's going to be playing catch up right out of the gate. Yeah, I agree with 100% of what you said. Want to put some emphasis on Damian Harris. If you have not invested in him in your fantasy leagues just yet, you could probably still get him cheap. He's still got to be cheap. But after week one, I don't think he'll be as cheap because if he ends up with 97 yards and two touchdowns, uh, the price is going up. The price is going way up. So I think Damian Harris is one of those guys in fantasy that you can target right now before we've seen any football that you could get at an affordable price who will not be affordable here in about a month. Agree with you completely. Let's flip over to the Monday night game. Uh, This isn't super exciting for most people. I'm a Raven fan. 
Uh, I've seen some people call for the upset here for the Raiders over the Ravens. I think that's real fucking stupid. Uh, If there's another coach who gets their team ready in September, it's John fucking Harbaugh. Uh, This is still Lamar Jackson. There isn't many positions on the roster where you would take anybody on the Raiders over the Ravens. You know, not from wide receivers either. either. So Are Humphrey and Peters still your top two corners? They haven't left? No, they're there. So what the fuck are we talking about with the Raiders? How are they supposed to score points? They yep. got one of the worst receiving groups in the league, and they're playing against one of the top corner tandems in the league. I feel like I, I don't really even need to think about this that hard. Yeah, it's five and a half. It opened at three and a half. I have it at three and a half. So it's moving. Um, I think the Ravens washed through it. I think the Ravens are going to be good this year. I don't have too much to talk about this, but I did want to bring up my <laughs> No, I, I mean, I know the Ravens. I'm talking about the Raiders receiving group like the Ravens don't have a, yeah. a, a shoddy receiver group themselves. I think the difference is that we know the Ravens can score points without getting the receiver super involved. What are the Raiders going to do? Like, uh, Waller is not about to drop 300 yards and, and a, a couple touchdowns on the Ravens, so I just don't see where the points come from here. The Ravens got a solid defensive line. They got a solid secondary, and I don't care who's injured, hurt, sick on offense. Lamar is going to find a way to score points. Yeah, it's Lamar versus Derek Carr. Come on now. Um, all right, that's a trip through the entire league. Anything we missed? No, I don't think so. Damn, that felt good. I know, right? We're here. Uh, here's another thing. Um, I'll run through some of the bets real quick that I like for this weekend. Uh, and, and just you can follow me on Twitter, you know, pick and play 37, um, where I'm going to have my bets. I do like the Buccaneers minus seven. I like the over in the Arizona Titans game. I like, uh, honestly, I'm very close to taking the Jaguars minus three and a half against Houston, but I'll, I'll probably avoid it. Um, I like the over in Minnesota and Cincinnati. I like the over in the Jets and the Panthers. Um, I was tempted, tempted, tempted. I'm looking at that Seattle line. Seattle minus two and a half at Indy. I think that might be free money that I'm just staring at and can't put together. San Francisco to beat up on Detroit. I like the Browns. They're down to six. They were six and a half. I don't know how much longer I'd like them if they keep moving. Saints are getting four and a half against the Packers. I think there's something there to look at. I'll probably be leaning that way. Patriots minus three. I like them at home. Ravens minus five and a half. And I like the Rams to run absolute rough shot over the Bears minus seven and a half. I think that's just a little too low. So those are the bets that I like for the week. I got one more question for you. Yep. I've been wondering a little bit. I've been hearing, rather. I've been hearing a lot lately about how the San Francisco 49ers are going to do the two-quarterback system. They're going to do a little Taysom Hill, Drew Brees action. They're going to sprinkle in a lot of Lance throughout the season until he eventually takes over the job. What do you think about the, yep. them using two quarterbacks at a time? Do you think that's a good idea, a bad idea? I didn't really like it at first, but... I kind of like the idea of letting Lance get some in-game reps without putting it all on his plate at once. I just don't like it for like the success of the team, but I like it for his long-term development. I like it for his long-term development, and that's all that matters. That's fair. You know, you know, like that's all that matters. So you, do you think you can win and develop him? Yes, that's what they're going to do. You know, it's third and 12. Is Trey Lance going to be in there or Jimmy Garoppolo? Those are the plays I want to see. Because if Trey Lance is in there on third and 12, then Jimmy needs to not play at all. So I think you're going to see some Jimmy starting games. And then I think you're going to see Trey Lance come in. And if they start to pull away from teams, I think they're going to move into Jimmy's hands. 
Uh, if they are needing to catch up, I think you're going to see Trey and Trey Lance's hands more. So they're going to use one for gas and one for breaks. That's an interesting. I mean, I know some college teams do that, but you don't see that too often yeah. in the NFL. I just thought that that was interesting. Uh, those are the kind of things where I wonder, is this the beginning of something new or is this just a, an experiment? You know, I think nowadays you're looking to find a quarterback that can do both like Lamar Jackson so you don't become predictable at all. There's no, like, people go, oh, but, you know, the playbook's much bigger. I'm like, it's not really that much bigger depending on your quarterback. Like, if if, if you have Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo, um, while, yes, the playbook's open with Lance in a different way, there's obviously things Trey Lance can't do that Jimmy is doing. So the, the book moves and flows based on which quarterback's in there. So it's not like the defense is like, oh, my God, Jimmy G's in the game. I wonder if they'll run those plays that Trey Lance runs. It's like the you know, like is, is Jimmy G going to run the read option? Probably not. So you you, you know, <laughs> seeing it how opens Jimmy G playbook. tore his ACL on a running play, right. yeah, I'm guessing that's not happening. And so, but that's the whole thing. You know, you're asking yourself, do you think that this team is going to run the same plays with Lance or Garoppolo? The answer is unequivocally no. So, does the playbook open up? Sure, but. It doesn't open up, you know, at the same time. It opens up overall, but depending on the quarterback that's in there. So I don't think it's I don't think it's a start of something new. I think they want Trey Lance to be like a Lamar Jackson where they can run these read option plays and they can throw. That's where I think they want to get to. Right. I mean, that should 100% be the goal. That's why you take them in the top three. So, yeah, I get it. Okay, so we just had a, a draft, Leo. We had a nice little sleeper. Oh, yes, we did. on sleeper. Um, big time keeper league. How do you like your team? You know, I, I started off with the foundation of Alvin Kamara and Antonio Gibson with a little A.J. Brown. And over the years, I'm going to build on that. You know, I'm not that – I don't feel that confident about my receivers. I'm, I'm starting Brandon Cooks and Jacoby Myers. Those are going to be big gambles for the year considering their situations. But – Having a foundation of Kamara Gibson, A.J. Brown, and Kyle Pitts, I feel good about my future. Well, what do you think about what you drafted over there? Um, I was just trying to pull it up, and it is, for whatever stupid reason, it will not Oh, I, I got you. Far. I got you pulled up already. We got some, some okay. Dak Prescott. We have uh, Christian McCaffrey, Tyler Lockett, Terry McLaurin, Damian Harris. Oh, I, I didn't know that you were the one that had him. <laughs> I think my team is insane. <laughs> um yeah you got some guys i have already dangerous i uh, here's the other thing did you see the trade i made yeah i saw you traded javante williams you got a first for him right i got a first i got um landry and i got chris the the rookie running back in the jet so oh michael uh, carter you know, for me yeah so for me i've looked at it and i got a first for him now if you look at my team that guy, Javante Williams, can be great, right? But I've got Christian McCaffrey, Kareem Hunt, and Harris already. I don't need him. Like, he wouldn't start. I I traded a, a backup running back on my team for Landry, who gave me a starter, um, Michael Carter, and a first-round pick for next year. So I, I think I've got a squad and a half, and I've already started building next year's squad up. So I think I'm going to be tough. I think so, too. And if Damian Harris is who we just finished saying we thought he is, then this is going to be a problem. Yeah, my my, my biggest hole is I've got, you know, I've got people, I've got uh, 
Hollywood Brown starting. Uh, but I have people like Michael Williams on my bench who could turn out to be somebody, you know, Mike Williams who uh, can get things going. I have Bateman down there stashed. I'm ready, man. I'm ready this year. I, I, I was drafting. I saw uh, your boy uh, Kukamaka the God. He was uh, trading around. Um, he was being very active on trade day. Um, I had another draft going on, so I couldn't join the chat. Uh, but I'm looking forward to this league. Yeah, we got some we got some players in here. It's gonna be a fucking fun. I time. was getting ready to say that your biggest flaw was tight end because I saw Hunter Henry, but then I scrolled down a little further and saw that you have Dallas Goddard, who I love. So fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm. I was like, okay, I've got him. I've got him. I'm set. I've got. I've got basically. I'm deep, you know. And I got someone like Hill that if Jameis struggles and Hill becomes a starting quarterback. They'll use him in weird scenarios. I can plug him in in our. We have a super flex, so um, I can plug him into the super flex. Thought that was some good utility, and then I grabbed uh, Lamar Jackson's handcuff. So I was like, "Fuck it!" You know, if someone to lose Lamar, go to pick up Huntley, and I'll be laughing like an idiot. Yeah, you definitely. Um, there's some bones here for a championship either now or in the near future, and I don't like it. So uh, we got a little rivalry brewing here already. We we got. It's gonna be a tough fucking week. I start with Kukamaka to start. Um, okay, so I mentioned it earlier, wins league. You know, I don't know what it is, but every single year I go, I got to cut these leagues down. You ever tell yourself that? I got to cut these fucking yeah, leagues down? Yeah, I always down? end up in more. I always end up in more. Not only did I end up in more this year, but I ended up in your fucking dynasty league. So that took a lot more time and energy putting into. Plus, I started that wacky commissioner league that I talked about already, which I think I finally found a... Uh, website to put it on fan tracks, you don't have to do the excel spreadsheet holy shit but i've been doing excel for that so i said matt you're cutting these leagues out i added two more difficult leagues i'm so stupid uh but this thing that i do every year is called a wins league and it's a lot of fun it really you start the year out and then everything else kind of goes so here's how it works in a wins league you are just drafting teams there's three there's 10 teams 10 people and everybody drafts three teams and there's an algorithm that says where you're drafting it's not like a snake draft that you're going up and down like the guy who picked number one he's also not he's not going to pick again till like 18 and then he might pick again at 24 so everyone has different and you go around one by one and you end up picking every every team except two uh do you want to guess the two teams that didn't get picked Mm, tell me Houston and Detroit did not get picked. Okay, I can see Houston. Everyone else got picked? Detroit. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it came down to the Bengals, Cincy, and Detroit. I mean, the Bengals, they are Cincy. Houston and Detroit. So, yeah, it, you, everyone takes a team, and then you ride out the wins for the whole year. You know, ups, downs, ins, out. Uh, we've had some real funny years where people draft, like, teams really high. Uh, and they, they end up just being nothing. This year, I thought everything kind of went where it needed to go. Uh, the three teams, there is a running joke. For whatever fucking reason, I always take Cleveland. Always. I We've done this league three years in a row, and I got them again. I get Cleveland all the fucking time. They just, I rank them higher, and they fall to me, and then they're in my pocket. So this year, I have Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and Atlanta. Those are my three teams. So I think I got some chance. Um, but we'll go ahead. We'll wrap this up. I don't think we missed anything. Uh, Leo, go ahead. Take us home. 
All right, that's a wrap. For the boy Gordo, my name is Leo. As usual, make sure to rate, subscribe, review, and most importantly, share with a friend. We're in the swing of NFL season now, so we're coming at you every week with week-to-week reactions, predictions, best bets, best fantasy plays. We got it all for you. We'll see you next week. Yeah.